So we've been talking about identity, and some people, they have to wear a T-shirt to remind them who they are. Just tease it. <laughs> uh, you ever, you ever uh, like, be conscious that you have a honk if you love Jesus sticker? That's about 10, 100 years old, but, like, you have some Jesus or church sticker on the back of your car, and then you were going to cuss at the person, then you just said, oh, man, I've got the bumper sticker. I don't cuss, but you know what I'm saying. That sometimes you, you're, you're, a, you're, a, you're in a place and you realize you have your wedding ring on and it's reminding you who you are. You ever have something around? It's good to have things in our life that remind us who we are because you might be somebody else if you didn't have a few reminders around you. It's good to have Christian friends. It's good to, I mean, look, your old friends that you used to have in the world, uh, if you hang around them, you're going to be like them. The Bible says that Bad company corrupts good morals. So if you're going you're gonna to become like the people you hang around with. So your identity, find someone who's doing better than you. Don't find people that make you feel good about where you are. Find some people who are just ahead of you. That's why it's good to get in a life group because you get around people who have been where you are and they've, they've made it to the next place, right? And so when you hang around those people, you know, they say some things are taught and some things are caught. When you get around people who are succeeding, you realize you could succeed too. But if you hang around losers all the time, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. If you're going to be just like them, yes, you won't feel bad about yourself. Because you can say, man, I'm awesome compared to them. Michael, would you stand up and show everybody what a shirt, a shirt looks like, a church shirt looks like? Ba-boom. Some of you know what I'm talking about. He's wearing a sleeveless shirt because of my Facebook rant. I am the man now. That green shirt. I, I, I cut off the sleeves of my green shirt, my beautiful, wonderful green shirt. And I thought I was going to get a certain reaction from my wife. It was because, you know, it, you do look different when you cut your sleeves off. You take on a whole different persona. I mean, you look in the mirror like, dude, I'm different. I'm Fonz. I'm the Fonz. Some of you don't know what the Fonz is. But you start feeling another level of badness when you take your sleeves off. And so I went and presented myself to my wife, and she said, that's going in the trash. That was an offense to every man in America when she said that. But it did go in the garbage, and the next day it reappeared with sleeves on it. It did. She went on, she went on Amazon, bought me one just like it with sleeves, and it appeared re-sleeved. So there you go. I don't know where I'm going with that. Except for it was uh, our identity changes based on what we look like, who we're around. So it's important that you know who you are. You become the leader if you know who you are. If you're insecure about your life and about who you are, you're not going to lead in relationship. You're not going to lead in life. You're not going to be the great person that God called you to be. You don't have to have great money. You don't have to have great talent to be a great person. But the great person that, you, that God called you to be, you need to be that all the time. You need to learn to live that life. So it's important for us, like Diane and I, you know, we have, a, we have one of those speakers that just plays whatever's on your phone and in our house, a, a Bluetooth speaker, and um, this thing's not happening. Oh, here we go. A Bluetooth speaker, and, and so it's, it's a wonderful thing to remind you who you are, put, to put worship on your, in your house, turn the TV off, and then just put worship on. You're like, oh, now I remember. I'm like, I love God. I forgot for a second. If all you have is secular TV playing all the time and your radio all the time, it's not like, oh, this is a terrible sin, but you'll forget who you are. You need things like mirrors that are based on the word of God that's constantly reminding you who you are 
So instead of being a phony who on Sunday you pretend to be something and then every day other you're something different, you need to enter into that greatness. You're in this process. And God is not going to give up on you, but you need to get in the game. So like, you know, in your living room and turn the TV off after about an hour and put some worship music on and play a game and just, you know, don't get caught up in that thing that everybody does. You know, turn your station to the Christian station. Listen to some worship music as much as you can. Because the more you surround yourself with that environment, the more you are remembering who God made you. There's a, a great seed inside of you that has to be watered and nurtured. And every time you bring the world into that, it begins to uh, slow down that process and delay that process of you becoming you. So we've been talking about identity. I know I went to, a, we were, last week I was talking about four principles of the new identity. The first one we said was your true identity is hidden in him. And we got that from the changing of Simon's name to Peter. Simon means reed blowing in the wind, and Peter means rock. So Jesus changed his name to rock. I love Jesus' two guys. One was called, um, two of them were called the sons of thunder, uh, James and John, and then Peter was called rock. I mean, Jesus' top three guys were called Rocky and the sons of thunder. Come on, somebody. I mean, that sounds like a band, doesn't it? Rocky and the sons of thunder. We'll be here this weekend. I mean, you know, you got to be cool when you name your two top guys Rocky and the Sons of Thunder. Anyway, and, and so he renames him from being reed blowing in the wind, which means wishy-washy, go with the crowd. Jesus said, you're the rock, and I'm going to build my church on people like you, on you. And so he, under, he understood he had to go through a change, and we found out that the change came from when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? He said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Peter, Jesus looked at Peter and said, and you're Peter. Their flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. You're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. Peter means Petra, the, the rock. And he said, so basically, when Peter found out who Jesus was and confessed who Jesus was, it unlocked who he was. This is a major principle in knowing who you are. When people don't know who God is, they don't know who they are. You can self-identify, let everybody else identify you. You can identify with your skin, your gender, whatever else you want to identify with. But until you know Jesus, you don't know the real you. You just know what everybody else wants you. I just want to be myself. You can't be yourself until you know Jesus. You can go to Europe and hitchhike around Europe and say, I'm trying to find myself. You won't find you. You won't find you till you find him. And that's a fact. You don't know who you are. And it's also a fact, the more you know him, the more you know who you are. And the, and the further away from him you are, the further away from you you are. And you all know that I'm telling the truth. When you've had a bad day or a bad night and you've done some goofy things, maybe you've done some things from the past, the next day you woke up and you didn't feel like you because you stopped being you and started being somebody else. The only way to be you is to be like him. So we found that your identity, your true identity is a simple thing. It has to do with knowing who your father is. Most of us, I guess all of us, get our name from our father. My name is Bray Sibley, and it comes from my father. Sibley, comes, actually my whole name comes from my father. But my father is the one who, who named me. And your father is the one who named you. You don't self-identify. You are identified by who God says you are. And if you're, if you're reading... Your Bible, because everybody knows, even though churches try to ignore it, the whole gay agenda thing 
and this whole trans thing, it, it all is, it is the trying to shift the ability to identify who you are from God back to people. And when people get confused, the enemy says, your confusion is now your freedom. And your confusion is your identity. So when people get confused about who they are, they self-identify. Like, no, no, you just choose. You just choose. How many thousands of teenagers are like, I don't know who I am because I'm trying to figure out I'm choosing. You don't get to choose who you are. God's the one who got to name you. God's the one that gave you the name, and he knows who you are. He, know, he knows where you are right this second, but better yet, God knows who you're going to be. God knows about your eternity. God knows about your gifts. God knows about your talents. God knows what you're supposed to produce. God knows about your children. He's the only one who can identify you. So when people, they, they yield, it was a young man in church, and he, you know, he, people at school, because he was a little gentle person, they, they're teasing him about being gay, and and, of course, they started identifying, oh, that's going to be your boyfriend. And he has a, you know, teenagers, you know, they, he was kind of going with it because he was, getting, he was getting some attention. And he just went with it. And he, he, he started this texting relationship with this man. And, of course, you know, it came to the attention of his parents. And he, they brought him to me. And I met with him. I said, look, you got a decision to make. You're either going to believe what the world says the world says, this is who you are. But if you take the next step and you start sleeping with this guy, and you, take, you, keep, you keep going the road that you're on, you're going to step over the line, and, and it's going to be harder to get out of what you're into. So I'm just telling you, this is your point of choice. You're either going to say, this is your choice, and th this is your choice to serve God, and to be who God wants you to be, or you're going to say, you don't have any choice, and you have to be what you feel. And he looked at me and I said, so you, you choose. I said, don't you tell me what do you choose. You choose what God says about you or what all your friends are telling you and what your feelings might be telling you. You choose. He said, well, Pastor Ray, I just choose to say what, what, what God wants to say about me. And I said, look, I know it's not easy. this is not an easy thing, but it, this, is, this is a moment in your life where you're about to make a decision about your identity. Either you're going to receive the brand they put on you or your experiences and your feelings have put on you, or you're going to receive the brand that God put on you. And uh, so he was, uh, it was a, a moment. He made the choice. And uh, the next thing I knew, he had a girlfriend. And, and to this day, he's doing good. It wasn't, he didn't have to go through therapy or any kind of a, you know, didn't have to go through some kind of a hormone thing. All he had to do was say, you know what, I choose God's identity. But he chose it before he got involved with it. Now, I was telling Diane the other day, I have a close friend who uh, she's, uh, I guess you call her a lesbian. Her dad, she came counseling me uh, many years ago, and her dad said, um, you know, I, I wanted a boy. He, he thought he was, he was confessing it was going to be a boy the whole time she was pregnant. When he was she was born, he was disappointed, and then he decided to make her his little boy. And so he did mechanic work with him and brought him fishing and did through the ball with her. And, and uh, she uh, grew up and she started feeling attracted to, to girls. And so I met her at young in her life. And, um, and she came to me. Someone brought her to me in the church, but like for counseling. I was like, hey, you got to now determine, did your dad tell you who you are? Or does God tell you who you are? Because you're going with a powerful voice, the voice of your father, and you're responding to that voice. Now, are you going to respond to God's voice and what God says? Are you going to respond uh, 
to your dad's voice, which is a powerful voice. And she, she you know, she tries. She, pr- I'm, fine, can you do my shoe, babe? It's not that I can't. Like this is the moment. My son is tying my shoe. Can you do it backwards? Good, good. Just any old way you can. Pardon me for a moment before I fall down. Good job, man. Good job. He can fix phones and oh, this was oh, okay. Good, this one too. Anyway, I'll keep telling you the story. So anyway, she's a precious girl, and, you know, she was sincere. We prayed, and she went on to be involved in wrong relationships and did wrong things. And, and I, I'll tell you, I saw her the other day. I was in Gulfport, Mississippi. I was shopping, and, and she, thank you, thank you, good job. Uh, yes, let's give him a big hand. There you go. But I was checking out at Walmart and those crazy machines, those computer machines, I was checking out, and I heard a voice say, Pastor Bray, and, and it was this girl, and now she's grown. Of course, it looks just like a man, she, you know, but she saw me, and she was glowing, and of course, I hugged her. I almost cried. She was crying. And I only say that to say that you don't have to resent people that make wrong choices. You just got to hold on to the truth. It's important that we love everybody, because I mean, look, I, does it hurt me that, that uh, of course, she's, she's uh continuing to struggle in her life. She was like, where are you preaching? Because I want to come to your church. Well, she knows I already told the truth, but she knows something about me. I won't lie to you, but I will love you. I won't tell you the truth is a lie or the lie is the truth, but I'm just going to tell you the truth and then just love you. It's up to you what you do with it. And if someone says, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to do this lifestyle. That's up to you. This is your life, not mine. I can love you anyway. So a lot of people get confused about the issue when they love people who are, you know, they call themselves gay or lesbian or whatever they call themselves, uh, they think that, you know, they think that because you love them, you have to agree with them. And that if you tell them the truth, then you're a bigot or something like that because the world made it like a, a race of people, like, like it's racial. Like, you look, I, I mean, I can't choose that I'm white. You can't choose that you're black. That's not, I can't identify as black. You heard me say I'm identifying as black as much as I can. That's, just, that's all I can go right there. <laughs> Even more black today. But, you know, you can identify, and so it's not fair to give people who have choices the same recognition as people who actually don't have choices. Latin people, Latin, women are women, men are men. This is something we can't determine, but you can't give that category of um, minority to people who can make choices. Because sex by itself is a choice. All of it, and and look, I'm not trying to be political, but Christians should know the truth. Don't be confused. That's what it says in Romans 1. They said the reason people go into the gay lifestyle is because they didn't want to, they knew God, but they didn't want to remember what he said, and they didn't like what he said, and so God said, okay, you want that? Go for it. And God gave them over to those affections and said, this is who I am. God gave them to that. They wanted it, and it's because they did not want to hear what God had to say. He, Jesus, I mean, the word of God says clearly they identified wrong. They didn't identify based on what God said. They identified on how they felt. And it's hard when you know people, you're around people, and you want to love them, and you want to go with your feelings rather than the truth. Well, your feelings don't help people. It's the truth that makes people free. I mean, this is a real, it's a real thing. 
because more and more, because the church has been silent like a, you know, like a mute on the subject, kids and people don't know what to think. I mean, they're acting just getting all their doctrine from TV. And whatever they see on a sitcom, and they're thinking, well, you know, everybody, you know, gets to shoot. No, hold up. We are who God made us. And when truth falls in the street, people are confused. They don't know who they are. And the only way for us to become who God called us to be is to focus on what his word says. And then when we look at other people, we see them through the light of what God said. We don't see them through hate or prejudice or being ugly to them. We love them all the same. Matter of fact, we love them more. Jesus, you know, I've had children. When they got in trouble, it seemed like I loved them more when they were in trouble than when they weren't. So it doesn't mean that we quit loving people who make wrong choices and we mock them and we do that. No. When we love people, we begin to tell them, we show them God's love at another level so they can see that, you know what, I don't know what you're going through, but God believes in you. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know that most people have, Ellen DeGeneres, I saw it the other day, most people have suffered some kind of abuse sexually as a small person. Many of them have been introduced by uncles and other perverse people, and it just, they've been wrecked and hurt and abused, and they don't need that from the church, but they do need the truth. They do need the truth and love. Where you look at people and say, I love you. And because I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you what God says. God knows who you are. Tell somebody next to you, say, I'm a great person in the making. It's true. It's true. And listen, there was a time when people, when they were doing the absolute wrong thing, they were ashamed of, of themselves because there was a pervasive uh, atmosphere of truth in America, and that truth was established. Now, when people are doing wrong, they want to make you embarrassed for doing right. And then they want to make you a bigot for saying they're wrong. Like, they, they, the Bible says the time will come, Jesus said, when they call evil good and good evil. And it's become that radical that if you tell people the truth, then you're being mean to them and that you're being harsh with them. And it's their only way to escape the bondage that they're in is the truth. God shows the foolishness of preaching to be able to help people. I know it's foolish for someone to come up and talk, but God uses that to speak to people and change their life. So never be ashamed of who Jesus made you. Never be ashamed of who you are. Never be ashamed of the word of God. Never be ashamed of the truth, for you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid, and you cannot remain silent. You have to love people loud. Look at somebody say, live it loud. I believe in living it loud. That's who we are. That's who God made us. Not rude, but loud. Do not be ashamed of the gospel of who Jesus made you. It is the greatest expression of love ever. The gospel is not condemning and mean and ugly and throwing people around and treating people badly. That's, the gospel has to do with saying... Even though you messed up, God has a better ending for your life. God has a happier ending to your story. This is the gospel of Jesus. Jesus is not a bigot. His word, even though the whole world wants to call Jesus in the Bible a bigot because it tells the truth about who people are. It's important for us to have the identity of our Father, to love people just the way they are, but love them too much to leave them that way. It is not love to say you're in a terrible position and you know what god wants you to stay right there it is love to say you know what even god can even change you now number two i said 
your nature contradicts your identity. And that's important. Peter's nature was to be wishy-washy, try to please everybody, but his destiny was to become a rock. So when you are in the flesh, when you are just you, just your regular person, I just want to be me, man, you're probably operating against your purpose. When you're just being who you feel comfortable being, that nature, that just, hey, just me, dude. When you're being that person, you're outside of the greatness that God calls you to come into. When you're, when you're just being you in your nature, it is you, what you think your strength is, whether it's intelligence or athletic ability, your strength is your weakness. Your nature contradicts your identity. It is working against your future. You have to understand that if you say, well, I'm shy, that doesn't mean God's called you to be shy your whole life. Doesn't mean you can't speak the truth. Or you say, well, I'm just kind of a, you know, a kind of a person, this or that, whatever it is, whatever your thing is. That thing, chances are, is contradicting. So you don't get into ministry or do anything for God because of your nature. You do it because you contradicted that nature. Because you said, I know, like in my life, I was a super undisciplined musician, artistic kind of person. And I said to myself, there's something inside me stronger than my nature. There was a call inside of me that said, you're bigger than that. You're better than that. You don't have to be the person that can't wake up in the morning. You don't have to be the person who's always late. You don't have to be the person who always gives up and quits. You don't have to be that guy anymore. And something inside me kept saying, you're better, you're bigger, you're stronger than what you are right now. You need to rise up and not be yourself. Be who Jesus says you are. Do you believe me? It's true. So your nature, never trust your nature because your nature is contradicting your purpose. You don't become a preacher because you're a good talker. Or you don't become a, a whatever it is that God called you to be because it's something who you are. It's because there's something inside you bigger than who you are. Say it with me. Say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Genesis. Uh, 32, read it with me, 24. This is the changing of Jacob's name. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. When the man said, then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Now, make a little note here. Change of your name is a wrestling match with God. It doesn't come naturally because it is not your nature that's going to be great it's something greater than your nature that's inside you. You have to be one of those people who hear that voice and say, I'm not going to be what's been assigned to me. Maybe you had generations of losers before you, generations of drug addicts, generations of perverts, generations of, of failures, generations of poverty. Something inside of you has to say, you're better than that. You're bigger than that. Something inside you is going to rise up, and you're going to be way more than what you are. See, and that, I can't, I, look, I can't give that to you. You know, I heard a, 
a coach say you can't put in what God left out. You got to have something inside you that says you're better, you're bigger. Yes, you could just give into this because it's the easy road, or you could say, you know what, I'm going to be like a salmon. I'm going to swim upstream because my future is upstream. It doesn't have to be easy. You know those salmon there. By the time they get to their spawning grounds, they're all beat up, flesh hanging all over them because they didn't go with the flow. They went up that thing because they said, I something inside of me says my future's upstream, not downstream. And your whole generation can be going downstream. But you have to be the one that opens their heart and says, God, call me for something bigger. God made me for something better. I don't want to just give in. I don't want to just let go. I want to become who God called me to be. Change your name must be a face-to-face encounter, a wrestling match with God where you won't let go. A name change is the territory of the courageous and the relentless, not the timid or the quitter. If you're looking for a reason to quit and give up, God will give you one. Life is going to give you one. If you're looking for a really good reason to be a loser, you're going to find one. But something inside of you has to be bigger and say, look, I could quit, but I'm not. I could give up, but I'm not. I could give in, but I'm not. Somebody said, why isn't God helping me? Well, look. Look, God's going to say, I want to find out how bad you want this. Well, why doesn't God make it easier? Because if it was easy to get out, you'd get right back in. God says you're going to get to this place, and we're going to find out who you really are. Now, here, here Jacob, the Bible says, he, after he wrestled with Jesus all night long, and he, he, he prevailed because Jesus said, let me go, man. I got to go. And God touched, Jesus touched his hip and put it out of joint. And so instead of wrestling, now he's just holding on to Jesus. And change is like that. At some point you say, man, all I can do is say I ain't, ain't going to give up. I'm just going to hang on. And from then on, Jacob walked with a limp his whole life. See, those, those who, who have gone through the chains, they are not cocky, arrogant, I do whatever I want. Those who walk with a limp have had their name changed. They walk in this way that says, I've been reminded that my strength is truly my weakness. What is a limp? When you understand that what you do good, that's your weakness. The thing you're comfortable with, that's your weakness. Like, for example, a a musician that can play doesn't mean he's going to be anointed just because he can play. There's a much there's a big difference between people who can play and the people that are anointed. Actually, being a musician and being in front, it's a weakness because people are going to see you as something that you're not. It, but, but when that gift comes under the control of the Holy Spirit, it can change things. Are you with me? It's something special. But you're not special until some change happens. And you understand, some of you say, I'm really smart. Well, your smartness is your weakness. And you got to start walking on the limp and say, like, my smartness is nothing. You get what I'm saying? Or maybe your physical ability or maybe your talent. And you say, well, you know, I can make it happen. I can, maybe your personality. I can, you know, I'm, I can, I'm, you know, I won't, God do this and I do that. All of that that has to do with your strength has to be identified as your weakness. Let me read you the scripture as we're closing. 
I love this, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my weaknesses. That the power of Christ might rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in weaknesses and in reproaches and in needs and persecutions in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I know it might sound confusing, but some of you are getting it. And you're understanding that to become who you are, it is more of a surrender than it is a conquest. It is surrendering something. And before we go today, I want to ask you, I mean, this was not my sermon. It was just, I have much more good stuff. But I just felt like today, for some reason, the Holy Spirit wanted me to go this direction. I want you to ask yourself, if you have to give something up to be who you, who, to be great, to be who God called you to be, if you have to give up the thing that's so your, your strength, if you have to give up control, if you have to give up that thing that you love, thank you, bro. This guy's awesome and dressed cool. But if you have to give all that up, would you be willing? See, change is the willingness to surrender. You got to surrender one name if you want that new name. You got to surrender that loser, compromiser, I'm not that guy. You got to give up all that stuff and you got to come into a great hope that says, you know what? If I would give up this, I could get that, like Holly and them were talking about. Today, would you be willing to surrender and just say, you know what, Lord, I surrender? Like when I was talking to that young man, it was a moment in his life. I said, are you going to surrender that? Are you going to go with the whole world that's telling you this is who you are? Are you going to surrender that? Because you got to surrender something to receive what God says about you. In your life, Today, we're going to make this an altar, and you're going to say, Jesus, what is it that I have to surrender? Come on, stand up with me. To become who you are, to become who you are, you're going to have to surrender something. The wrestling match is not attaining something. The wrestling match is are you willing to let go of something? What would you be willing to let go of in order to have your destiny? What would, to, have, to become who God called you to be, what would you be willing to let go of? Think of right now in your mind, what would I let go of? If I would let go of and God said, you give me what you have and I'll give you what I have. What would you be willing to yield and say, look, I'll give it to you. Now listen. The things most precious to us, we don't like letting go of them because they become, you know, they become the crutch. They become the thing. They become the, they become the hidden identity. And those are the things that we hold most precious because they're our way of getting through. It's our way of getting around or getting by, and we hold on to them. And God said, you know what? You're going to have to let go of that, and you're going to have to surrender. And you're going to have to be willing to just give it up and become weak so that you can become strong. 
You're going to have to let go of that thing that makes you feel empowered or strong or helps you get through. You're going to have to get rid of that attitude, that hurt, that wound. You're going to have to let go of that in order to receive what Jesus has for you. Would you be willing to trade something you can't keep for something you will never lose? All across the room today, first of all, all across the room, if you came today, you say, Pastor Bray, I'm not right with God. I don't really live for God. I believe in him, but I don't really live for God. If that's where you are, then you've got to let go of control. You don't have to achieve anything. You don't have to change anything. You just got to surrender. You got to jump off and say, I just surrender. Even Christians. You know, you come to church, but you're, it's, some of you, it's just a, you're just fronting because in your real life, God isn't in control. And you know what? You've got to give up control. To be who God planned for you to be, you've got to surrender control. You've got to be willing to be weak, to be strong. You've got to be willing to let go and let God. And the Holy Spirit right now is putting things on your heart. He's saying, would you let go of that? If I give you who you're going to be, if I'm going to give you your real identity, would you be willing to let go of that? Would you be willing to surrender? Listen, if you surrender everything to God, you're going to get everything that God has. And holding nothing back, withholding nothing. And listen, God is, the Bible says that the, the offering that God has required is a broken and a contrite spirit. He's not asking for the strongest guy, the person who can do it all, the person who can really live for God. He's just asking for a broken and a contrite heart that says, you know what? I'm willing to become weak so I can become strong. I'm willing to surrender. And I'm willing to, to rejoice in my, the fact that I'm weak so that the power of Christ can come upon my life. All across the room, maybe you never received Jesus. Maybe you received Jesus, but you never followed through. Maybe you used to serve God, but now you allow things to come into your life. And it's kind of dulled your life and dulled your relationship with Jesus. Today, I'm going to ask you, we're going to pray a prayer in a moment, and we're just going to surrender. Surrender all across the room. All across the room. We're going to make an offering of our lives. And we're going to offer up the things that have stood between us and Jesus. We're going to, all the idols and those things that we put in front of God, we're going to surrender that to Jesus. Let's just do that right now. All across the room, if you're saying, this is my moment of change. This is the moment my name changes. I want you to pray a prayer with your heart. Make it honest. Pray it with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I'm sorry for all the wrong things I've done, for all my bad choices. I'm sorry for allowing weaknesses to identify my life. I chose the wrong thing. I repent. I repent. 
I renounce the devil. I renounce the powers of darkness. I renounce the world and all its lies. And I receive forgiveness. I believe at the cross of Jesus, the price was paid for all the wrong things I did. I receive forgiveness all across the I receive forgiveness. I receive cleansing of my mind, of my spirit, and of my body. Holy Spirit, if you don't mind, just lift your hands. Say, Holy Spirit, come. Live in me. I receive your power. I receive your strength. Ignite my soul. Activate my spirit. Cause me to come alive. Lord, I surrender all the excuses, all the anger, all the unforgiveness, all the bitterness in everything that separated me from you. I surrender to you right now. And I'm not going to leave until you bless me. Holy Spirit, come and change my name. I give you all that I have. And I receive all that you have. Come on with your hands lifted right now. Let the Holy Spirit, right now, all of that darkness is leaving you. All of those excuses, all of those, all the guilt, all the shame, all the worry, all the fear, it leaves your life right now. All the lies that you need this or you have to have that, all the lies leave your, your life right now. Say it with me. Say, I renounce every lie of the devil that told me. I need this. I've got to have this. I renounce it right now in Jesus' name. I separate myself from the lies of the enemy. And I receive the love of God, the truth of God, and the freedom that comes from his presence. I receive it now. Now, right now, with your hand, we're just a couple more minutes. With your hands lifted, I want you to receive right now. Just I see it just leaking into your spirit, the dream of God. It's starting to cut the, the excitement of the, your true future. The enemy doesn't have a future for you. The enemy's got pain for your life. The enemy's got failure for your life. God's got a great future. God's got a great dream. God's got a great passion for who you're going to be and what you're going to be in your children and your generations. God is the one that causes dreams to come alive in you. Come on, right now, just receive those dreams. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive your dream for my life. Come on, say it out loud, everybody. Lord Jesus. I receive your dream for my life. I hold nothing back. I remove every limit. And I say, Lord, I surrender everything with all my strength, with all my heart, with all my mind. I choose you, Lord.
your identity, your future, your destiny for me. I receive it now. Wonderful Jesus, wonderful Jesus, wonderful Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, just believe it. Before we go, I don't want to rush. Just believe it. Don't just say stuff. But just believe it with your heart. You, how do I, you don't have to worry about how you're going to make it happen. Just believe it. Say, from now on, say it out loud. Say, from now on, everything in my life is changing. I invite the fire of God. Come and consume me. Let that fire consume my weakness. Let it consume my indecision. Let it consume every compromise. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit create a fire inside of me. Let the glory of God begin to flow through my life. Let God's best begin to flow from my life. I surrender all. And I receive all that you have. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people today, for those that made these confessions with their heart. I pray that you draw a line in the dirt, in the spirit of their life, and that you cause them, as they cross that line, may they never go back again. May they never be drawn to the, the things of the world. Lord, may they never be drawn to the things that, that ensnared them. And they'll never be drawn back to that low living and low thinking and giving in and giving up. May they never be drawn. And when they see temptation, Lord, let them look at temptation in the face and say, I don't want you. I choose Jesus. Give them the strength when they're tempted not just to give in. Let them look at temptation and say, I don't want you. I don't choose you. I choose Jesus. Come on, would you just lift your hands and receive that? Father, in Jesus' name, let the strength of Jesus. Lord, we acknowledge that there is weakness in our flesh. There's weakness in our own nature. But we also acknowledge that the power of God is stronger. It's stronger than the weakness of the world. The power of God is stronger than the weakness of the world. And we declare that His strength is in us. Come on, one more time. Just wave your hand and say, I, I declare... The strength of Jesus is inside of me. And I declare, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I declare, I am becoming who he says I am. I am who he says I am. I am who he says I am. Greatness, the greatness of Jesus is rising up in my life. And causing me to conquer in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, can you give God a great shout, everybody? It's all true. God bless you. Have a great day. Let's live for God this week.